three or four times. And every time I watch it, I see another detail that they've included very subtly. You know, even like the way that Mary gave some of the swindled clothing to the shepherd. Jesus was wrapped in swindled clothing. They often wrap babies in swindled clothing, for example, to keep their limbs intact when they are newborns. And I love that as he encounters Jesus, his wounds, are being, his wounds were being bandaged up. That's the Messiah that we serve. That's the Jesus we serve. And so, yeah, I watched that and I thought that would be, instead of me now trying to preach it for 20 minutes, although I am going to preach for 20 minutes, but instead of me trying to do that justice, I thought, why don't you just look at that? Because sometimes we need something visual to picture this story for us to really understand the impact, for us to actually put ourselves in the middle of that narrative to understand the power and the significance of this baby that was being born. Amen? Is everyone okay? It's good news. It's good news. But so I love that. And as a church, we are going to dig into the story of the birth of Christ this morning. And you can have a look and you version, on version. The sermon notes will be on there. And I want to encourage you. Don't go through this Christmas without opening your Bible. Sometimes that can happen to us, even in the church. We don't actually open the Bible to go and read the story of Christ. Because I honestly believe that God wants to show us something new this year. He wants to speak a new message to our hearts. And so you can go and read. There's two narratives in Scripture, in the Gospels, where they actually narrate the story of the birth of Christ, but from two different perspectives. And so the first one is in Matthew 1 and Matthew 2, and we're going to start there. And Matthew starts his gospel in chapter 1 by giving us a narrative, and he starts, when you read through Scripture, it's good to understand how and why did the writer focus on certain things. And so I really want to encourage us, don't just even read the story, go and do a Bible study on this. We are never going to get deeper revelation if we don't spend some time studying the Word, Amen. And so Matthew starts and he gives us a narrative of Jesus' genealogy. Genealogy. My English hands And basically he starts off by showing us the bloodline of Christ. Why is that important? It's important because when you go and read through the Old Testament and you read through all the prophecies concerning the Messiah, the prophecy was that he would come in the line of David and that he would sit on David's throne forever. And so Matthew starts and he tells the genealogy of Jesus and he says, this is where Jesus came from. And so that was important for him to highlight that. And then he goes into the narrative of the birth and he tells the story from Joseph's perspective. Now, I find it interesting that poor Joseph was also thrown into the mix of this story, you know, not necessarily actually putting up his hand and say, yeah, I would like to be part of Jesus's birth. I mean, here he was engaged to Mary. They were betrothed. She comes to him and says, I am pregnant by the Holy Spirit. (laughs) I mean, which man would go, yes, that sounds normal. You know, so this poor guy, you know, I, I don't know what was going on inside of his heart, but Matthew tells the narrative where the angel comes and reassures him. And we're going to start and we're going to read that, Matthew 1, verse 20. So poor Joseph. And it says, but as he was thinking this over, this is Joseph, 
Behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, descendant of David. Joseph was also a descendant of, of David. He was Jewish. So look how the Lord actually brought Joseph with a very particular purpose into this story. Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For that which is conceived in her is from and out of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. The Greek form of the Hebrew Joshua, which means Savior. And he will save his people from their sins. You can go to the next one. And this took place that it might be fulfilled, which the Lord had spoken through the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which translated means God with us. God with us. So how beautiful is that? He comes and the angel reassures Joseph that actually this is, Mary is actually telling the truth. She wasn't being unfaithful to you. I am busy with a much bigger plan. And I love when I read through these stories, particularly Mary and Joseph, both of them just accepted what the Lord told them. I mean, both of them just said, yes, Lord, let it be unto us just as you have said. And how many times does the Lord speak a promise to us and we are like, no, I don't think I can believe that, Lord, that sounds impossible. Well, Joseph had to believe that the Holy Spirit impregnated his fiance. <laughs> so let's talk about perspective this morning. And I love that the Lord continuously brought these prophecies of Jesus back again. And he explained to people and he said, remember, his name is Jesus, which means the Lord is salvation. His name is Emmanuel, which means God with us. And there is such power in our names. There is such a prophetic power behind our names. And then Matthew continues and he speaks about the fact that two years later, the wise men came and they brought the gifts to Jesus. How many, believe, how many people here believe that there were three wise men? It's okay if you do, because that's what, you know, all the, the world basically kept telling us that. But when you actually go and do a study in the Word... The wise men actually only came two years after Jesus' birth. Many people don't know that. And also, there were three sets of gifts, but they, the Bible never said that there were only three wise men. So I love that sometimes the world demonstrates the narrative of three wise men, but that's not actually Scripture. That's why I say it's important for us Christians that we really know the real narrative of Christmas. Don't be dictated by the world, amen? And so Matthew goes on and he explains that. But then I want to move on to Luke. And Luke's focus comes from Mary's perspective, but then mostly from the shepherd's perspective. So just as we saw in this clip. And Luke starts in chapter 1, verse 26. And Jesus' birth is foretold and how the angel first told Mary what was about to happen to her. Okay, he first told Mary and then he went on to Joseph. And Mary accepted it and she said, Lord, let it be unto me just as you have said. And he tells her, do not worry, for nothing is impossible with God. I love that. And I just believe there are people here this morning that needs to hear, nothing is impossible with God. Whatever you are ending 2020 with and whatever you are trusting God for 2021, 
whatever He has promised you, whatever He has put before you, I just want to encourage you this morning, do not waver in your faith as we go into this next year, as we go into this next journey. Because God said nothing is impossible. Let me tell you, before Johannes and I came here, this looked impossible. What I see here was impossible for me and Johannes. And I know that there is still a lot more impossible that God needs to make happen. But I am just encouraged when I read through this. I want you to, to, to get back to a place of awe and wonder of the Christmas story. Okay, the Holy Spirit came over a young lady and she gave birth to a baby. How impossible is that? Just think about it from a natural perspective. And so I want you to, to be wowed and wondered again this morning by the story. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit overshadowed her. He overshadowed her. I pray that this will be a year where the Holy Spirit will overshadow us. And we will give birth to promises that is ready to be birthed. Amen. Some of us in this room have promises that has been lying dormant for a long time. And I want to encourage and awaken your faith this morning that nothing is impossible with God. It doesn't matter what doors remain shut in 2020. It doesn't matter which doors didn't open the way you thought they would open. It doesn't matter what happened or didn't happen. That mogni sokni, die woord sê, nothing is impossible. So I want to encourage your faith, whatever disappointment you've had this year, whatever it is that's in your heart, Take courage and take faith this morning. God's word never fails. And so then they go, Luke goes in chapter 2, and we're going to start off, and this is the bit that I want to focus on this morning. And so it's quite a bit that we are going to read, but that's what we need to do. We need to read scripture. And it says that she gave birth to her son, her firstborn, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Because there was no room or place for them in the inn. And in that vicinity, there were shepherds living out under the open sky in the field, watching in shifts over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood by them, and the glory of the Lord flashed and shone all about them, and they were terribly frightened. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you. Good news. Everyone say good news this morning. This is good news, people, of great joy. Everyone say great joy. Great joy, which will come to all people. For to you is born this day in the town of David a Savior, who is Christ the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. So now the angel is telling them to the shepherds, this will be the sign. Okay, he doesn't tell them like the wise men followed the stars. The shepherds followed the angel's direction. And this is, this is all the angel said to them. This will be a sign for you by which you will recognize him. You will find after searching. I'm going to get back to that. A baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Next one. And then suddenly there appeared with the angel an army of the troops of heaven, a heavenly knighthood. When you go and research, scholars actually say this refers to thousands of angels. 
Now you've got a picture from the chosen. But can you just imagine this? One angel comes to a few shepherds in the middle of an open sky, normal evening, just us taking care of the flock. Thousands of angels and the glory of the Lord. Yes, Owens. Praising God and saying, next one. Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace among men with whom he is well pleased. Men of goodwill and of his favor. And when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing, saying that this has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. Next one. And so they went with haste and by searching found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. And when they saw it, they made known what had been told to them concerning this child. And all who heard it were astounded and marveled. Another translation says, they were in wonder. They were in awe. They were amazed at what the shepherds had told them. But Mary was keeping within herself all these things, weighing and pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, just as it had been told them. That is awesome. The greatest miracle story of all time. Show me a bigger miracle than this. The, the God of the universe being born as a little helpless, weerloos is the Afrikaanse woord, baby. In probably one of the dirtiest, lowliest places in a town like Bethlehem which was actually also called the city of David, which I thought was so profound if you look at the prophecies. The humble birth for our humble Savior. And I love, I love this because I worked in PR. And my job was to announce the news. Okay, My job was to announce to people news about companies that they needed to hear, that they needed to believe. I was in charge of managing perceptions of certain corporate companies and brands. Those of you who work in PR will know. I don't think there's anyone here. And when we had a strategy of giving news or releasing news that was kind of confidential or maybe it was like new news, groundbreaking, press release, you know, whatever information, our strategy was always to reveal it to the most influential and the most powerful people that could spread the message, the furthest people with the most followers. I mean, these days you have social media strategies and you go for your influencer strategy. Who knows what I'm talking about? If you work in marketing, you'll know this. That's the normal strategy of announcing news. I love that the Lord doesn't have that kind of PR strategy. What was God's strategy in announcing the good news for all people the greatest miracle story of all time. He goes to the shepherds. Nivini, the lowliest of the lowliest of society. He goes to the outcasts. He goes to, to the people that were pushed outside of the town of Bethlehem because they seemed ceremonially unclean. When you go and study scripture of that time, that's what scriptures, oh, that's what shepherds were known as. They were seen as dirty, lowly, outcasts. They were viewed as the bottom of the Palestinian social ladder. 
They shared the same status as tax collectors and people who sweep the streets. Their testimonies, this is powerful, their testimonies were not even allowed in court. They were not allowed, for example, if there was a court case going on, they were not allowed to testify. They were not allowed to have a voice. Often they were also not honest, letting their sheep graze on other people's lands, so they were often seen as outside of the law. They were marginalized, they were outcasts, they were forgotten about, they were poor, they were separated from the mainstream society with no power and no influence. And also these shepherds who looked after the sheep close to Bethlehem were also often people that looked after the sheep that were going to be slaughtered in the temple sacrifice. That's why the Pharisees said to him, why did you bring me an unblemished lamb? Because they were seen as ceremonially unclean, so they were told outside of Bethlehem because that's your place. That's where you belong. You only come when you have the perfect lamb to be sacrificed. And I love that God in his mercy, our God in his grace, chooses the lowliest of the lowliest to announce the biggest world, the news that the world has ever seen. And he restores who they are as people. He says, no, 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 no. I'm not going to go to the religious leaders of the day who think they know it all. I'm not going to go to the people with their bumper stickers, what would Jesus do on Facebook, but then they live a completely opposite life of the gospel offline. I am not going to share the good news of the birth of my son with those kind of people. God is not for prejudice. God is not for pride. And I believe very quickly there are three lessons that I think we can learn from the shepherds when I look at this story, when I look at the birth of Christ. Number one is this. This foreshadowed Jesus as the good shepherd. Remember in John 10, 11, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I believe these shepherds understood this was their life. This was their livelihood. They understood that the role of a shepherd was to leave the comfort of their home, to leave the comfort of their title and of their family and of their material possessions to go and live in the natural habitat of the sheep. Their role was to go out and to be in nature day and night looking after the sheep. In other words, even if the natural circumstances or the weather would be different than desired, the shepherd would go through it with the sheep. There's a saying that when it rains on the sheep, the shepherds get wet. And I want to encourage you this morning that what affects you and me affects the good shepherd. What matters to you and me matters to Jesus, the good shepherd. And I love that he uses this analogy to reveal again who he is. That he is indeed the good shepherd. Number two, I believe that God uses the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. I love that he goes to the people, as we said, that were the low caste, the outcast, the lowliest of society, to confound those who think they are wise, who think they know, 
who stand there in the synagogue reading the prophecies out loud, but they are so full of pride, they are so full of themselves, that they even miss the birth and the coming of the Messiah that they've also been waiting for for so long. And I believe that the Lord is not looking as we go into 2021. I'm telling you, you know, if you know me and your highness, you'll know this. We are not interested in religion. We are not interested in playing church. We are not interested in standing here and reading from Scripture and not living it out ourselves. And not actually being the gospel in the communities and in the places where Jesus calls us to be. And I believe God wants to awaken us again. And I believe COVID... COVID is not from the Lord, but he's using all of these things to wake the church up. Because for too long, the church has been standing like the Pharisees, all religious in our synagogues, while people are starving, literally and spiritually, outside of our gates. And it's time for the gospel of Christ to leave the building and go into the streets, into the highways, into the byways. It's time for the kingdom of God to be seen in our schools, to be seen in our government. Amen? I got opgewonden, but I need to stick to my notes. Okay, and I love that the shepherds, look at them. What were they busy doing? They were not busy on Facebook. I'm just using Facebook as an analogy, please. I'm not against Facebook. <laughs> they, were, they were not braying, okay? They were not busy with a hobby. They were abiding in the field where God had called them. They were busy with their calling. They were busy doing day in, day out, faithful what God had told them to do. And in their place of faithfulness, in the place of the mundane, in the place of the everyday is where God comes and he says, I have got the good news and I want to share it with you. Because I've got an assignment. Here is this. I want you who never have had a voice to actually go into the, all the world and be the first evangelist and tell everyone about the birth of the Savior. The good news of great joy that is for all people. All people. Amen. Elke clear. Elke ras. In the kingdom of God, racism is non-existent. It's from the pit of hell. And I love that we are English as a church. People say to us, well, Leven Woord is Afrikaans. No, we are a kingdom church. We are English because we want to be multicultural from the start. Because I don't believe that God's kingdom is for one race. I don't know why I'm even throwing that in there. Okay? But God is looking for humble servants like the shepherds. God is looking for people that will respond to him in faith. I didn't see any of the shepherds actually coming against this word saying, no, I don't think, can we get another prophetic confirmation, please? Can we get another sleeve, you know, like Gideon to confirm? No, they took God at his word. Okay, they did have thousands of angels, which helped. <laughs> but hear the heart in this. God is looking for faith. I want to encourage you, church. I really pray that we will be a church of faith as we go into 2021. I look at land in this city and I said to Johannes, there's a certain place. I am trusting a massive church. Do we want to be a massive church? No, but we want to have massive impact for the kingdom of God. So I'm just trusting God. Again, this story over this week, I was like, Lord, Luke 137, nothing is impossible for you. You said by faith, 
You will, we will please you, so I'm going to be a person of faith, and I'm going to trust that God is going to do what he says he was going to do. If you look at the story of Jesus, and you look through all of these messianic prophecies, look at the detail of how God answered all of those prophetic messages. Go and read. I'm going to give you homework over Christmas. Go and read the story. Get a study Bible. Go deeper into the Word of God and go and see for yourself and let it encourage your heart. Let it stir your faith like never before. Amen. God is looking for immediate obedience. And I love that, you know, these were, these were unskilled and untrained men. Like many of the disciples, they were just fishermen. They were just shepherds. But God entrusted the most important message to them. And I want to encourage you, whatever God has called us, each one of us individually to do. We've got a corporate calling, but we've also got individual calling. It doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. God is not looking for the religious Pharisees with all the skill, with all the education. God is looking for a faithful, committed heart that says, yes, Lord, use me. Even if I am like the shepherd and I've been outcasted and I've never had a voice. I love that how they were never allowed to witness in court. And God comes and he says, I'm going to entrust you with the greatest witness of all time. The message of my son. Last point, I'm getting there. Jesus longs to reach the unreachable, the outcast, the forgotten. Mark 2 verse 7, Jesus says, I did not come for those who are healthy, but for those who are sick. I didn't come for the righteous, but for those who know they are sinners. Sinners like the shepherds, sinners like us. Jesus came for all people. Rich, poor, men, women, educated, uneducated. And I wonder, church, this morning as we look at the story of the gospel of the birth of Jesus Christ. And I thought to myself, Lord, where am I in this narrative? If I were to find myself actually in this story, in this episode, would I be a Pharisee in the temple? So busy with my church activities. So busy with the things of this world. So busy with everything else that I miss you in the midst of it? Or would I be found in the field, which would be my place of calling, which would be my place of busy with what God last told me to do, and just being faithful in my everyday, and that's where I will find him. And this really encouraged my heart as I was going through this. And I was like, Lord, help me to be faithful in what you've called me and your highness to do. Help me to be where I need to be. Help me to not get distracted in this world. Help me to not focus on things that has nothing to do with your kingdom. Because Jesus is coming back, church. And I don't think we have a lot of time left. So there's no time to waste. Find out what it is that you're supposed to do. And many of us are walking in that. And sometimes it's a journey. Just start. God is faithful to lead us. He's the good shepherd. And I want us to just sing a last worship song, and then I'm going to conclude with prayer.
But I want you to take this moment in this song as we just worship and we just thank him after we've read this story and after we've just been reminded of the glorious wonder of his birth, of the wonder of the story, of the wonder of our king, of who he is. And I want you to just release your heart and open your heart to him this morning. Thank him for who he is. Thank him for his birth. Thank you, Jesus, that you came for us. And you can stand and we're going to conclude with this. I'm going to pray for us just after this. But I want you to really just focus your attention on Jesus for a minute or two. As we are in this moment of worship, I just want everyone to close their eyes and give everyone privacy in the room next to you. And I want to pray for just one group of people here this morning. We've gone through the story of Jesus, the good shepherd, and of the birth of the king and the good news that he came for me and he came for you to redeem us, to save us from our sins, to give us eternal life with him forever. But even though the Bible says that it is for all people, God still gave you and me free will and free choice. And he still says to you and me that we need to choose. We need to choose whether we want to make Jesus the Lord and Savior of our life. You know, at Christmas, many people celebrate Christmas and they just focus on the gifts. But Jesus is this gift for us. And the gift has been given, but we can make a choice to receive the gift, open the gift, and make it ours. The good shepherd will leave 99 to go and look for the one that has been lost. And the Bible says that when he finds the one, all of heaven rejoices with him. And I just want to ask if there is anyone here this morning, just as everyone focus on on you and just keep our eyes closed if there is anyone here in this room and you've never actually made that decision to follow Jesus to accept that gift that he's given of eternal life and all that decision means is is that in faith you believe that he died for you in faith you believe that that gift is also for you and in faith, you then repent of your old life and you turn and you follow him. And I can tell you there is no life more worth it than the one with Jesus. And when Jesus comes back, he's going to come back for us. The ones who said, yes, Jesus, we will follow you. And we will live with him in eternity forever. And I pray if there is anyone in this room and you, you feel like I've actually never made that decision or maybe you have a question about it or I want you to just gently raise your hand so I can see. I'm not going to call you out. I'm going to pray for you afterwards. I just want you to gently raise your hand. There is no day like today. I really felt as we were praying as a team this morning that there is someone here that needs to make that decision today. And I pray that you will have the boldness to raise your hand this morning. Jesus loves you. He's got a plan for your life. He's got a purpose and a calling for you. And He wants to be your Father. 
Thank you, Lord. I pray if that is you and you maybe just didn't want to say anything in the service, I really want to encourage you, come and talk to me and Johannes afterwards. Don't miss this opportunity to connect with Jesus. And I want to pray for a second group of people. If you are here this morning and you're saying, I know, Marissa, it's Christmas and I know everyone is excited. And, but maybe you are here this morning and you've had a real difficult year. And you are really struggling to find that place of joy in this season. I want you to just raise your hand. We are just going to pray corporately as a group. If you need joy this morning, joy in this season, I'm not talking about just laughing. I'm talking about a supernatural inner joy that only comes from God. If you need that this morning, raise your hand. We are going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I just want to pray over your sons and daughters this morning. Lord, I thank you that this is a time that we can be reminded of the wonder of your birth, of the wonder of who you are, of the wonder of the fact that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. There is no one like you, Jesus. You are the name above all names. There is only you, Jesus. And Father, I just want to pray, Lord, that you release your presence over your people this morning. Lord, I pray over every heart that has raised their hand, that have maybe had a really, really difficult year. And they're looking for that place of joy this morning. Holy Spirit, I ask, would you release joy over your people this morning? An abundance of joy in Jesus' name. An abundance of peace that only you can give in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Just more of your presence, Lord, into every heart. Just receive from him this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. You are good. And I pray, Lord, over every person here that they would walk out this morning, that they would go into this season and go into this next year filled with your presence, filled with your joy, unspeakable joy. Lord, I pray that all of us would have a new revelation of your kingship in our life in this season as we go into this next year. Open our eyes so we can see, Lord. Open our ears so we could hear. May you bless them as they go out. May you bless them if they are traveling, Lord. I pray that your angels would go before them, behind them, and around them, Lord. I pray for the blood of Jesus to cover them wherever they may go, Lord. Thank you for your faithfulness. We love you this morning. We bless your name. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen.